Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and yes, this is indeed a pro wrestling podcast. Now some housekeeping before we get into this one. I appreciate everyone downloading and listening to these. You make my day, you make my life, you make me very happy. But obviously calendars and life is a very strange beast. So I know right now in the ether everyone's talking about Crown Jewel and what may or may not have happened. Unfortunately, this is being recorded around about eight hours before Crown Jewel starts. We will talk about it and we will skirt around it a little bit. But if you are Simon scratching your head going, wait a minute. I thought I'd seen all of this. Well, I haven't. But I, you know, obviously we'll talk about that in the coming days. But the reason I wanted to do this is because you also know we always have a couple of episodes a week. And this week we had three, which is even more wonderful. Uh, but we get patrons on to come talk to me about wrestling because I get a massive kick out of it. You can get involved with that too at patreon.com forward slash Simon Me. Uh, start again, patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. I'm very happy and very proud to see my man Roberts on the phone today. How you doing, dude? Hi, Simon. How are you? I'm good, man. And look, we're doing this nice and early on a Friday. You're all the way in Germany, which is just nuts because even though it's 2018 and I should understand the world is a lot smaller, I don't and I still get very excited about it. Um, Yeah, dude, how's it going? How's your day? How's your wrestling life? Uh, It's fine. It's fine in the moment. I can't complain, but I rarely complain anyway. So I like it. I'm fine. Good. I like this kind of attitude. Now, as you are living in Germany, the first question we have to ask is the one that I always ask uh, when it comes to specific regions around the world. Was Bret Hart a bigger star in Germany as he used to say that he was? That's a really good question. I, I, <laughs> he was, of course, a star. You know, he was like a, like, like a lot of the dudes back then. He was a mega star, but I don't think he was like the bigger star than anybody else. No, I used to think that. Because always, I always see him in interviews, especially I think there's an on the record. You can watch it on YouTube. And he just keeps mentioning that he's a... I don't get me wrong, Brett has my, my favorite wrestler of all time. But I always thought it was strange. We kept going, yeah, in Germany, I'm like, I'm like a mega star. And I was like, are you, Brett? I've never heard that. I don't think that's a thing that's ever happened before. See, the funny thing is, now that you say it, I never heard that before, that right now, that he was, that, that he claimed he was. He, I, I never saw an interview where he claimed he was. He certainly did, yeah. And I, I, I don't know what, maybe he meant Europe. Maybe he meant mainland Europe. But he always, used to, he always used to come up with Germany. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. And while we're on the topic, neither is David Hasselhoff, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't, aren't we responsible for David Hasselhoff? Isn't it the, isn't it the, the Brits that have made up this kind of lie i guess that, oh he's yeah. massive in germany let's, he's huge. Let's, let's say you are because it's easier <laughs> <laughs> that is the rumor though right yeah everybody said that david has he does massive gigs out there and his record's still selling the millions no <laughs> well maybe because the nostalgia but no <laughs> was it was he ever big like back in the day was he massive sort of in the 80s or i don't know when it, i don't know when david Hasselhoff's peaks was but for, for for some definition of big and star maybe but not anymore all right <laughs> uh, no, isn't it weird isn't the weird the sort of the, the wild tales that get told throughout the land yeah uh and we'll start there as well we, we have to talk about we are going to talk about more general things today as robert as i discussed before i hit record but i think we'll talk about the lay of the land just very very quickly i know i've done it a lot this week but we'll do it again because i always appreciate getting other people's opinions um and i guess what we should really focus on is the hulk hogan stuff uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, you ha- if you have to <laughs> yeah just quickly well, i thought i thought before i started doing it i didn't i kind of touched upon it but not really I just want other people's opinions because we were talking again before before we went on air, and I said I'm very uncomfortable with it. I don't like it. I'd rather Hulk Hogan just vanished uh, forever. And I understand the counter argument to that. A lot of people say, 
well, he said sorry and, you know, we should be able to forgive him. And you're right. That is the way I like to live my life. I'm a very positive person. But I don't know. I can only go with my gut and my instinct. And I'm just like, I don't, especially on this show. And especially that he did that interview and he's so excited to go as well. It just, it just makes the whole thing even messier than it was already. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of forgiveness. I, I like to forgive people and give them second and third chances. Yeah. They really earn it. Um, and for me personally, I don't think that he should be shunned forever. No, like you're right. Yeah, in, you're right. In a you're general right. sense. But you know, you're, you're absolutely right in saying that on this show on, at Crown Jewel, it is steeped in controversy already. <laughs> and then add Hulk Hogan to it with, with all the history in the recent years. I don't think WWE is uh, like having the right decision here. Like they, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's good for them, let's say. Let's put it this way. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think it's, I, I guess maybe something that rubs me the wrong way, and I don't know this, I'm just going with my own speculatory brain, but my worry is they think, well, look, we've already caused so much controversy with everything else. We put Hulk Hogan on, no one's going to care about that. They're going to be focused about all the other stuff, which makes it even more underhanded. But I, I agree with you. So, like, so you think it's clever? <laughs> Like, well, I, I, bring him back in this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worry that that's their plan. That's yeah. that's my worry. But uh, I, 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 you know, I agree with you. We should always we should always have open hearts and be willing and be willing to forgive. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the muddy words. And maybe it's just the last the last couple of weeks in WWE have been a bit of a slog. You know, everything with Roman Reigns and the Evolution pay per view was great, but the fallout from it was a bit disappointing. And apparently, it didn't do that great numbers on the network. So that's always a shame. And then obviously. You know, five days later, we just ram <laughs> into this show known as Crown Jewel, which I think has worn me out, if I'm honest. I mean, that's the least of anybody's problems. But I, I think it's that classic thing. Obviously, when entertainment and politics do collide, I think it's really important to make a stand and talk about it, should you so wish. But at the same time, with my entertainment, I just like to sit back and, and enjoy it for what it is. I like that to be my escape from the world. And this show has been the absolute antithesis to that, where, you know, the world at its worst has been thrown in your face. I mean, they in their press release, I guess they stated that they have a lot of fans in Saudi Arabia and they need to go there sometime and put on a show for them. And fair enough, I guess. But uh, if the last show, what was it, the Greatest Royal Rumble? Had That's the one. Another? It didn't have another name, right? Uh, uh, is any indication uh, they can't do a promotion, uh, like a propaganda show again, like they had last year. So oh, well, it wasn't even last year, right? It was six months ago. It felt like last year. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I quite like the Greatest Royal Rumble as a landmark because that was 24 hours before I made my professional wrestling debut. So well, okay. yeah, that, that, that weekend <laughs> to me was really nice because I went up to What Culture, I live streamed it with the guys and the next day I was, you know, having the best time of my life. So I actually liked it. But now I look back, I'm like, let's just forget about that Friday. Let's take that Friday and we'll shift it <laughs> off to the left. That never happened. But yeah, only six months ago. You're right. I don't think they can do a propaganda show again. Or at least I hope they do. I mean, they should have done it last time. But see, the, see, the problem is that I don't trust WWE to be <laughs> like this sensitive. You know, like <laughs> uh, like this sensible even. But but they 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 can't really. They can't, I mean, they they can't. I mean, John Cena isn't there, but he, they can't put a wrestler in the ring and say how progressive the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is this time. I tell you, if they do do that, I think they will be met with a even more fury than they already have. Because and rightfully that, so. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, that's just being ignorant and stupid. Like, you know, I mean, I can understand, I don't agree with it, but I can understand the argument about a 10-year contract and going there for the fans and, and all that. I can get that, but I can't 
I don't understand them being over there and just pretending like nothing happened. I think that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. But we'll see. Like I say, as we're recording this, we're about a few hours away from Crown Jewel. I imagine it's going to spark the internet into life. Something will happen that makes you go, oh, no. Um, and I imagine as well, this is my other gut feeling. Just a weird a random prediction. Given that at the Greatest Royal Rumble, that was where Titus O'Neil uh, did his trip and fall under the ring. I bet you they try and pull something like that out. So that's the focus of all of this. That would be that would be my guess, but we will see. Have, have another goofy moment like the planned this time. Yeah, exactly. But this time it's all planned, and oh, let's all talk about that. And everyone's like, "Yeah, it doesn't. That's not how this works." <laughs> like we, we we know what you did. Anyway, that's WWE Crown Jewel. We'll talk about that in a few days once all the dust is settled. But Robert, let's talk about you, man. Let's get into your wrestling history. Uh, you know, explain you know, why why wrestling. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, <laughs> it's just so strange. And also the hardest question to answer, right? <laughs> why, why is like. Because I like it. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, well, exactly. So true. What, but what was? I mean, I, I I always find it fascinating. Like I was talking to somebody the other day that you know Kane was a huge a huge uh, influence on them getting involved in in pro wrestling, and I, I I kind of get that from a. I think if if Kane or the Undertaker is the guy that get you in, I always think as a kid that makes sense because you've got this guy that's larger than life, looks like a, a cartoon book. Uh, in a drawing or whatever, uh, kind of scary. And I think you know that, that that always says something to to younger people as well. Um, which is mine is really weird. Mine is always I watch Bret Hart, a guy in in, in pink and black tights. It's like is that it? <laughs> yeah, that was it. I don't really know why. Uh, but yeah, what 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 grabbed your attention? My see, I I know you wanted to ask a question, and I might have a rather different story because I grew up in Germany, as some, all, all of your listeners will hear. <laughs> and uh, I, furthermore, I grew up in East Germany. Like, we, had, uh, we didn't have uh, wrestling in the 80s. Uh, oh, I'm a, wow, I'm, man. Your age, I guess. I mean, I'm 37, maybe a little, little bit older even. Yeah. Um, so I, we had, like, I, I, I was born in 1981, and uh, we didn't, didn't have wrestling for the first 10 or 11 years of my life. So I, don't, I didn't get to experience the 80s in wrestling. That's amazing, um, though, man. Let's just talk about that. Like, grow, that, yeah. that must have been, <laughs> we, we won't, obviously, but that must have been, <laughs> well, that, I mean, that must have been crazy. I mean, I'm a big, um, oh, I'm a nerd. I'm a big World War II buff. So like, I've read up about all of that stuff. And obviously, that's nothing compared to experiencing it. I mean, that must have been, must have been incredible, dude. But it wasn't too bad because I was young, and of if, course, you, if, yeah. if you're young and a kid, you don't really get what what's going on around. You're you, right. You know, yeah, you, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you you get to see where the na next uh, sweets you can hunt <laughs> 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 down the next uh, candy and everything. But uh, yeah, it was it was some it was maybe a bit different to your experience growing up. Uh, but uh, and and my first experience with professional wrestling actually was uh, that I it must have been like ninety one ninety two very early nineties, uh, right after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Um, that I, I found a pack of trading cards on a bus. Like I was sitting in a bus and found a track of uh, a pack of WWF at this time trading cards. Uh, held together by a rubber band and it was like R.O.S., Jake the Snake Roberts, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan and all the old gimmicky characters they had back then. This is the and coolest story ever, man, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was instantly fascinated by, by who are those people, right? I'd never seen them before. <laughs> never. And I made it my life's mission to hunt down <laughs> what that is. <laughs> like, and it was all in German, like translated the their kayfabe backstories on the back and the uh, big sweaty pictures on the front and everything. Like the old, old school trading cards, right? That's amazing. And also, this is way prior to the internet, too. So it's not like yeah, you just jump on. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was it's very weird. hard. 
Where do you even go? Like, go show it to the police. Do you know this person? <laughs> Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it took me like, uh, I, I want to say two years maybe till I found out wow, that it's man. actually on, on television and I could watch it. It was like, uh, I think it was on the channel like Tele5. Maybe some of your German listeners will know it back then. We had, it was like a niche the television station that brought the, uh, uh, very strange programming <laughs> to Germany, <laughs> and uh, they had wrestling like in the, in the night. And uh, as I grew older, I was allowed to stay up later and and watch television later. And some sometime around that, I caught like one episode of I think it was Raw, but I don't I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, yeah, and I recognized some of the characters I saw on the, on the trading cards, and I said, Hey, that's the guy I found on the bus. Oh and man, it's <laughs> the best story ever. <laughs> So, like, did you just stumble across it on TV one day? Maybe, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess you didn't because you weren't, you didn't know where to look, so it just no, has to be random. It, yeah, I, I didn't know to look for like WWF Raw on on programming guide, and I didn't know what it was, and so I just recognized it when I, when I stumbled. Like, maybe one or two years later, after I found this pack of trading cards. Yeah, Man, you must have gone crazy when you realized it was like a I double, was, it, like a double. Blew my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I read, I read the kayfabe backstories of those characters. Like, uh, he is an IRS agent. I didn't know what an IRS agent was, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and he decided to wrestle. You know, <laughs> all this goofy uh, shit back did, then. <laughs> did Did you believe it, or were you like, wait a minute, this sounds yeah, a bit? Yeah, th that was another question I asked myself in preparation for, for the podcast. <laughs> like, when was the time that I like became, for lack of a better term, a smart? You know, <laughs> like uh, losing your face in Santa Claus is maybe similar. You don't have, oh, you don't yeah, really man. know, you don't really know when it was, but sometime in your childhood you lost, your, you you knew it wasn't real. You know, <laughs> that's amazing, dude. That it's is the, the same I, with wrestling. Yeah. That must be the best story we've had about getting into pro wrestling. <laughs> I mean, it's so good. It's like a, it's like an adventure, and there's a satisfying payoff at the end. Yeah. Yep. So, so when you see that it is a bunch of dudes and girls in in leotards throwing each other around <laughs> suspiciously, yeah. I mean, are, are you are you happy with your find? Or does it take you a while to get into it, or are you just like, you know what, I'm sticking with this? No, I was, I was, uh, I, I was old enough to appreciate the the wackiness of it, maybe, or the silliness. Yeah, and and I was fascinated. Uh, uh, um, uh, but the stories they told uh, obviously I didn't know that they were telling stories it was like just a bunch of dudes jumping around basically yeah. <laughs> and, and behaving strangely and also they had like this silly German translation over it like uh, <laughs> they, they translated all the promos but you heard the English promos in the background and it was all a bit crazy for even for a kid maybe <laughs> so uh, yeah it was it was strange and i was uh, for you it was bret hart uh, for me uh, it was reza ramon actually that, that oh was man my, it, reza ramon was my guy in the 90s that i stuck to and i followed to wcw then, oh. when when he went and uh, became scott hall in wcw but that was my next question did you did you yeah. know about wcw or did scott hall because that's incredible like i mean either way i'm gonna guess that you weren't oh actually let me i don't want to assume on your behalf were you watching WCW before that happened or was Scott Hall the reason? Uh, I I was aware of it. I wasn't watching it because we didn't have it really. Uh, I, the German German television was very spotty in, uh, uh, in everything that came from the US. Like not only wrestling but all the TV series were very out of order and very, very not very well televised. So we had some WCW shows back then but when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash went over I was like yeah, I'm going with them. <laughs> but that's amazing though, man, because yeah. that's what people say doesn't happen anymore, right? Like it's because of the world is smaller and, you know, accessibility is, is so much easier than it was. The idea of star power in many ways, they say you still need it to sell 
sell tickets, but it doesn't really like you know. I mean, Chris Jericho goes to New Japan, and we all watch it, but it's so easy. It doesn't really feel like a, a you know a, a shift like it did in the late nineties or the mid nineties. But the fact that your dude left to go to WCW, and you're like, well, I go to WCW too. I mean, that is. That's just a different world. That's a different time in pro wrestling. I think it's amazing. That goes to show you were invested in that character. Didn't matter where he wrestled, you were going to follow him. But what do you think when you turn on WCW? Because I remember the first time I watched WCW, uh, I know this changed, but it always looked, and this sounds really horrible, but this is how I felt as a kid. It always looked low rent to me. Like it always looked oh, a bit was. more budget. It, yeah, It was, but, but yeah, it, uh, the, the production quality was way beyond, uh, like, like uh, no, not beyond, uh, behind WWF at this time. You know, it was... It, 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 I don't know what it was. Like they had this milky look on their cameras. <laughs> <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> and then the, the pyro was second grade, and everything looked very shitty. Yeah, but but you know, I I didn't care so much. Maybe as a kid, I don't know. I, I remember it being being worse, but I don't. I didn't care. No, because you guys there, right? And that's what it's yeah, all about. Right. Why? It, it was strange seeing Scott Hall and not Razor Ramon because oh. I was used. To, I mean, I, I was that kid that had uh, the toothpick in his mouth uh, <laughs> at, uh, 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 on a beach vacation. You know, I was with my friends and <laughs> running, running around and looking nothing like Razor Ramon, but having so the, good, the toothpick man. because uh, he was my guy. I was that kid, and, and then he turned up, Scott Hall, saying, "I, you know who I am." <laughs> and I was like, "Who's that?" <laughs> I, obviously, I know who it was, but <laughs> you know, what is he doing? You know. And I never bought for a second like the whole thing they tried for like invasion angle and so I was smart like at this time already. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was fascinating to me yeah and because I yeah WCW wasn't really something I was uh, I was used to I didn't know Sting uh, back then you know I, Oh wow I heard, so you got introduced I heard, there I heard of him but I was introduced to to all the uh, bigger stars in WCW through the change from WWF yeah Did you still watch WWF or did you just jump yeah, in that was Yeah no no I, I I just watched both you know and <laughs> and what? I didn't jump ship like as in goodbye WWF forever <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no I just I, I was both from this point on then yeah. what do you think it was about scott hall like or razor ramon or whatever like, what do you think it I was i couldn't say you... i mean what was it about bret hart it's, great it's question i've no, I've no idea his greasy hair i guess i've yeah, absolutely maybe. no idea what it was like, it makes <laughs> all, no the, sense. all the baby oil no, yeah. it, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know it was like it was a fascinating character for me as a as a kid and you know like what it is like if you like something as a kid it sticks with you you know it's it's what i so yeah. go on, man, you go. No, no, it's okay. Well, I, I, I was going to say, because we kind of have similar... This is a very odd question, and probably something that I shouldn't even reference, but I'm going to do it anyway, because, we, you know, once, once you find your guy as a kid, that's it, right? They're your guy. It's hard to, it's hard to shake them off. But obviously, mm. you know, mine was Bret Hart, yours is Scott Halls, and unfortunately, they both had very tough sort of latter part to their careers. Like we all know about the Bret Hart stuff, and I think most of us know about the Scott Saul stuff. Basically, they're, you know, personal struggles, demons, all the classic wrestling words. Yes. How do you feel? Because that's always upset me a little bit about Bret Hart. I always feel, again, it's that it must be that child in me. I always feel a little bit like he got, a, you know, a bad rub of the green, or he got screwed here, or this should have happened. I'm always a bit defensive towards it, and always a bit upset. That, for like Shawn Michaels, for example, right? Perfect, perfect example. He's coming back in, you know, eight hours, whatever it is. Bret Hart is never going to come back in that capacity. And it's unlikely, I would say, at this stage, that Scott Hall is too, given, you know. So I'd just be intrigued, I guess because we have similar kind of takes in that sense. I mean, do you, do you care? Do you not care? When you see him going through all this stuff, you're just like, well, you know, that, that's just a, the human as opposed to the guy that I, I loved as a kid. Well, of course I care, you know. It was, Care's the big, wrong word, yeah. Care's the wrong yeah, word. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but he, he's a, he was a big part of my wrestling childhood, if you want to call it that way. And uh, I wish him the best, obviously. So um, 
I know that a lot of this stuff is is hard on on people, and and I personally never had a problem with addiction, thankfully, and so I I can't really talk so much about it, uh, like what the experience is like. But uh, I mean, he, you only have to look at him to know that <laughs> he, had, he had a tough life, and and I guess it it's the the problem with. A lot of fame and then suddenly nothing, I guess. Yeah, no, it's so true. So true. Yeah. Losing that kind yeah. of that buzz. You have like a big hole you, you fall into when, when you realize that a lot of younger talent suddenly come up and you're not as important anymore. So I kind of get it. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, get your shit together, man. <laughs> and, uh, and luckily he has, uh, uh, apparently. All thanks know. to DDP. Good old DDP. Yeah. Save That's the legend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saving lives left, right, and center. Yeah, that, that program must be amazing, like the yoga. <laughs> well, I've, been I've, be. I've been doing a little bit of it, like because obviously yeah. I, I met him at that All In show, and he, and he said, "Look, as you wait for your surgery, uh, you know, if you do the, you know, the, the not too intense ones, it, it will just help all around." And it has. He's right. He's not wrong. It does. It certainly loosens you up and makes you feel a bit more. I don't know why I'm pimping out DDPY here, but <laughs> it did. It, if has, it helps, you know. It has. It certainly has. Uh, right. So moving on to today's product quickly, and just more sure. general terms. I mean. Just what's your take on it? Because a lot of, again, I understand, and I said this on a podcast I did the other day, which will go up at some point as well. Um, I understand it's kind of shifted a little bit, as it should have done following the Roman Reigns news. But I still understand that Roman Reigns was an issue for some people, as in the character of Roman Reigns. That doesn't change, and I get that. As I said on here and on my What Culture videos and everywhere, I never had a problem with Roman Reigns. I quite liked him, but this neither here nor there. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. But... What was your take on the current product in the moment? Do you like Raw? Do you like SmackDown? Do you try and watch as much as you can? Are you an internet uh, warrior, for lack of a better term, where we just watch on <laughs> YouTube and social media? Or do you go out of your way to support it? Do you not care? Do you kind of, I mean, where, yeah, what's your current watching? And then obviously we can start, start talking about the broader, because I know you mentioned you wanted to talk about storytelling as well. So, yeah, yeah like, how do you find modern day WWE? Um, it's hit and miss, really. Um, but I guess it's hit and miss with all of us. Uh, so I'm not special in that sense. Maybe, maybe like, you always have guys on, and you yourself have experiences that fell out of love with wrestling for a time, and yeah. then came back to it, and it was exactly the same with me. And the point I came back to wrestling and was instantly hooked again uh, was 2008, the Royal Rumble uh, in Madison Square Garden. And uh, I had missed the debut and career of John Cena up to this point. I had okay. never heard of never heard of the guy. <laughs> uh, completely, completely uh, uh, out of the realm of possibility <laughs> today. How <laughs> oh, I have never heard of some John Cena, but um, and I and obviously that was the Royal Rumble where he made his comeback at number thirty, right? And, That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Against Triple H. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, and the the crowd reaction. Back then, like everybody loved him, <laughs> not not like today, it was so amazing. Like this big pop, the whole of Madison Square Garden went nuts right when he when his music hit at number thirty, and I was like, "Oh, this dude is a big star," you know. Uh, I never heard of him, and I was instantly in the know that he is the guy going at the moment, and I knew everything about him just from the crowd reaction. Dude, that is so, such a good point. So I just wanted yeah. that, I've never thought about that before. That is so. That's the importance of a good crowd and a pop, dude. Yeah. That is that is so smart, dude. You're so right. So true. Yeah. I knew instantly. Hey, yeah, that's the, the guy to watch out for. And then I was uh, I was kind of hooked through that uh, for the for the rest of the year, 2008. Then there was uh, a nice story about uh, a nice feud uh, between 
uh, JBL and Chris Jericho, I guess. Uh, was that 2008? Some, uh, I think so, yeah. I get my dates mixed up. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and through all those great feuds that spanned over a long time back then, then there was uh, Punk versus uh, Jeff Hardy with the charismatic enabler. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, and, that was uh, good, and, yeah. And Chris Jericho uh, uh, versus Shawn Michaels and all those feuds that like spanned whole years sometimes back back then uh, 2008 and and later years i was I, i was slowly getting into it more and yeah i i think nowadays the product is really uh missed opportunities maybe let's let's describe it like this because i i feel like and this maybe transitions us nicely into what i wanted to talk to you about um that the modern day wwe storytelling um is really periodic like as in they just care about the next couple of weeks and uh, write characters and stories for the next couple of weeks till maybe the next pay-per-view or maybe the pay-per-view after the next pay-per-view if you're lucky and then forget about like 90% of everything they told us in the, yeah. in the weeks leading up to the pay-per-views and I think that's just sad because I, I don't I mean it's their product they can do whatever they want and I have to preface this maybe that I don't watch a lot of indies I watched All In that was the last big indie show I watched and yeah. uh, and I really liked it but um, yeah it is I'm maybe mainly a WWE guy for convenience sake because I have the network and I can watch it and everything else is really hard to get around <laughs> to get here in Germany uh, like, like, like as I said the TV is not that great <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we don't have I mean it could like go to the fight network I guess it's it's called and, and oh, that's true yeah they got a lot yeah but still man it's still more money and it's more time i just don't yeah. have to i just don't have the time man. no of course <laughs> no nah, dude i mean you, you can't keep up with everything these days yeah. it's literally impossible um i agree with you i mean I, I i you know that is just think of the amount of feuds that have come and gone over the last few months like jeff hardy randy orton i mean we barely got rusev versus aiden english you know and they even put time into that we had a story and it was quite interesting it was quite funny quite soap opera you know that died off we had that roman reigns and john cena thing a couple of years ago which was like one match and then we threw that out the door i mean that could have gone on for ages i mean we could do this forever um because there have been so many examples of of them doing that and it's, i guess it's because they believe a 2018 audience basically has adhd right and if you don't give them something new all the time they'll they'll tune out and yeah, but, but that's that's the WWE presuming they have. Oh yeah, well, it, yeah, that's the <laughs> They problem. just have to trust their audience a little bit more. But they just they, they have this polished way of presenting their product. And yeah, they have like their their formula, and then they never deviate. It's like always always the same. You you can you can maybe lay out the story the storyline beats to every feud. I don't even know if they if you can call it that anymore. Uh, but to every feud they build up, and then just envy, uh, either. It, it, just kind of whimpers out or it uh, hits two or three big storyline marks and then it's it. and then that's it. Yeah, no, they, they, they really do. And I think you've got it right there again because it's almost like they, maybe there are suggestions or we could do this, we could do that, but they don't want to risk it. And I guess the real question is why don't they want to risk it, especially at the moment because, yes, classic, the TV ratings are down. So usually when things decrease, you come up with ways to spark that back into life. And a very easy one you would imagine is, all right, let's take our time. Let's not look for a quick fix. You know, let's plant some seeds. Let's let you know, the feuds play out and you know, let's get people invested again. Because just because you don't get a good rating the one week after doing it doesn't mean it's not going to start to build after two months, three months, four months. I mean, the one I always go to, and I know it was yonks ago now, and I know they've done it since, and Shawn Michaels and uh, Chris Jericho did it. But Batista Triple H was always the one that... Still, when people, I talk to this about people. It's always the one that stands out because 
They took so long with that. And again, I know it was, what, 15 years ago, maybe now, maybe 10, I don't know, whatever it was. But they took, so, they took so long with that, that when Batista finally turned, and then, you know, they did business right with him winning at WrestleMania, that was it. You know, he was cemented as a top guy forever then, to the point he comes back on SmackDown 1000, and he's revered as a legend. And that doesn't happen without that long build, without that title win, without Triple H. I mean, you could argue there's a, you know, Triple H did business. Uh, I'd use that phrase twice now, but, you know, but Triple H could have easily have held him down or whatever, whatever the rumors and speculation were back then, but they didn't. And the fact that it was drip fed out, it did. And I imagine during that time as well, more people probably tuned in. Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? As opposed to, let's say that somebody did enjoy the whole Aiden English Lana situation. Oh, did you see what Aiden English did? Oh, and imagine you turn on to SmackDown, you saw a 30 second match. You'd be like, well, that was a waste of my life, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the problem is that WWE think, and maybe rightfully so, that all those, they, they, they were called water cooler moments, like, you know, what, what you said, like, did you say what Aiden English uh, did yesterday on Raw, you know? I don't think that happens anymore, like, uh, at least they think that don't happen, that doesn't happen anymore, because everyone has Netflix, everyone has Amazon Prime, or whatever streaming service you like, and uh, and. I don't think they trust their audience to to be uh, invested in long-term storytelling anymore. No, I, I mean I think the, it's the the evidence is right there. I yeah. don't see, I don't see how you can argue with it. I just find it strange because that would probably. I, mean, I think I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins because given that they have you know brought all the Roman Reigns stuff into it, I don't think there's any debating that now. I don't think it's going to go any way anytime soon. And the fact that the speculation is that they're going to try and take it all the way to WrestleMania. I mean, that's like a six-month, seven-month feud. So, you know, I'll be intrigued by that. And, you know, to their credit, they've done a good job with Charlotte versus Becky. You know, that's been going on a while. But at the same time, you probably could argue that's done out of necessity as opposed to anything else because they don't really have any other people on the roster that could step into that position at the moment. But and and maybe uh, Becky grabbing the breast ring, whatever they like to call it, and really coming into her own with a character that nobody at the start really knew where they were going with it. And I don't, I would argue they didn't know where they were going with it because they clearly tried to turn her heel, and everybody kept cheering her. And now she's like the like the Stone Cold character, just as Becky and tweener i don't think the term exists anymore but uh, like like a classic tweener character that can go either way and and they don't really have seem they don't have a plan i think for or didn't have like for her character and you're, she just she just grabbed it and ran with it you're right because of course th there was you're right there were more mumblings that the idea was that becky was never going to win that title back and they changed their mind so you're right this may have just been one of those things that came out of nowhere as yeah. as opposed to a plan so what i mean do you actually think they'll ever go back to it? Because I don't think they will. I don't know. Again, we've speculated as to what, what could be the issue. I know that I certainly miss long-term story. I, like, I say it's on ups and downs all the time. My favorite thing about wrestling is when you plant a seed and you just let it casually grow and you keep doing little things each week to keep me invested and eventually you come up with a good payoff. I mean, that's why I watch any type of TV program. You know, if I watched 24, I don't know why that's the first program that came into my head. It hasn't been on TV in years. But if I, you know, 24, 24 episodes... If they just give me all the content I want in two shows, I'm like, well, what do I need to watch anymore then? Or, you know, it's a much harder thing to tell me a bunch of stories in two episodes, then go episode three, right, now we're going to tell you a bunch of new ones. It's like, no, I've just spent two hours of my life investing in what you wanted to tell me originally. Why don't you just follow them through? And I don't know whether it's a case of too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't know whether it's a case of, you know, you can't be too creative with your ideas because Vince McMahon just won't sign them off and he wants to play it safe. 
I, I don't know, because surely you'd have to imagine with the amount of writers they have, somebody is pitching these six-month storylines and saying, we can do this, we can do that. And maybe the fact that it never gets through to the green light stage encourages other people to go, you know what, pitch shorter things. Because, you know, I mean, look at, I mean, look at Elias versus Apollo Crews. That was clearly meant to be a... Um, meant to be a feud then someone backstage changed their mind and said oh no we should do elias versus corbin and then elias and apollo just have a match and that's that we're back to apollo cruz being this very very strange wwe guy that kind of just floats along in the ether and doesn't do anything <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i don't mind short-term storytelling that much because um if you look at what wwe portrays themselves to be you know in full kayfabe uh, it's a show about Uh, uh, a lot of people fighting it's a, it's a fighting <laughs> sport and uh, I mean UFC is trying to do I, mean, I don't know if they're trying to do it but uh, you know uh, with all the rumblings that, that they had in, the, in, the, in their last shows or the, or the Conor McGregor stuff uh, it looks like f wrong in a, in a real sport you know what I mean in a not yeah, predetermined yeah. sport it looks it not, it, those things don't happen <laughs> in, in boxing or in, in, in UFC normally so uh they have they have like those those over the top characters and the the real fighting is maybe took a back seat because they have like formulaic fights every every week and all the matches are the same basically they don't have any variety in the, in the, in their in their shows anymore i feel and uh so i don't mind short term short term storytelling because they don't I think they don't have the framework anymore to to do really long-term storytelling because every every show every week is basically the same. Yeah, no, it's very it's very formulaic. I, I think yeah. that's I think that's fair. Um, and, I and I think and I think uh, and I think you can tell really uh, engaging stories in the short term, but it's harder and you have to do it really well. And I don't think they have necessarily the the best actors in the world. Well, I, I do think. I mean, I I was actually. I was fine with scripted promos for a long time, and I still am. I think if somebody needs a scripted promo, it gives them a scripted promo. But some of the ones on, and I, I, I you know, paraphrase this with, I love wrestling. I really do. I love Raw and SmackDown. They can do whatever they want. I'll always find a way to enjoy it. I just will. That's how, that's how I approach things. But, you know, I can also put my critical hat on and say that the scripted promos have gotten so much worse over the last few months, and I don't know why. Like, on Raw this week, that Kurt Angle one was just not Kurt Angle talking. I've heard Kurt Angle cut good promos. That was not Kurt Angle. When no. I was on SmackDown, when all the four World Cup participants were backstage and they all had their little bit with Shane McMahon, I was like, what is this? Like, what is going on? No one talking. I mean, the only person that did a half-decent job was The Miz. But he only got into Miz mode once he'd gotten out his, you know, somebody had written his catchphrases down for him. and said, oh, you've got to say you're awesome and you're the A-lister. And I, oh, man, when we had the backstage skits as well and Jeff Hardy had his head to, you know, he's back to, you know, to, he back to the camera. And then we cut to the Miz and he was surrounded by lights because he's supposed to be a Hollywood guy. I was like, I, I, I don't want to say, look, I like gimmicks and I like the cartoon nature of it. But sometimes you can, you can push it a bit too far. And I, I just think we need to start, because like Samoa Joe, for example, Samoa Joe comes on SmackDown, clearly gets a scripted promo, but he absolutely smashes it because Samoa Joe can do anything. And I think Becky Lynch is the same. I think she's been given a lot of scripted words, but she's doing really well. Same with Charlotte. I think Charlotte gets a bad rap. But I think some people just have to be let off the leash. And I think this times back into the formulaic stuff you were talking about. I just don't understand why there is such a, a, a fear of allowing at least one person. I know some people do have that leeway, but I think more people should be given... Yeah, just the opportunity to go out there and be themselves because that's what's holding a, a lot of people back. Like when I heard Jeff Hardy talk in just the most crazy stuff I've ever heard, I was like, just don't, 
just don't, just don't do it. Like <laughs> you're not. It's making me feel a bit uncomfortable watching this because it's so obvious that it's been produced and it's been directed. And that's fine in some aspects of pro wrestling, but I also think that's what I miss. I miss the spontaneity and I miss the the spark of somebody talking. It's like it's why I like the mixed match challenge. Now I know the mixed match challenge on Facebook is just a bunch of comedy matches, but when you watch all the promos afterwards, they're long-winded and they're weird and they say strange things. That's because they're talking naturally, but they're always watchable and they're always very entertaining. And um, you know, AJ Styles especially goes on those things. And he, he cracks me up. And Jay, Jay Uso as well. My word, what a hero! So I guess. It would be nice if somebody, obviously WWE just doesn't care about the Mixed Match Challenge, but it would be nice if somebody watched those and went, wait a minute, maybe we can do something with this. Because I think their worry is, is awkward pauses or, you know, there being nothing to say. But that makes it real. Like on those Mixed Match Challenge stuff, sometimes the two partners have nothing to say to each other as they're, you know, whirring the thoughts around their brain. But I like that. It makes me, oh, what's going to happen? It makes me engaged as opposed to here's something that, you know, I wrote down for somebody else. And that's a hard thing to do. So not only have you got to remember your match, you know, it's got the pressures of live TV and somebody then sticks the script in your face and says, you've got to say all that stuff. That's hard. It's really hard to learn a script. Yeah, but on the same on the same, maybe to, to have like a counterpoint, maybe to, I I fully agree with everything you just said. But uh, if you if you look at it from the WWE standpoint, they have to produce five hours of live television every week, and they have to time everything to the second in, in the best case scenario, and you just can't plan with unscripted promos. You know, you you can you, you can't uh, say, hey, Becky, go out there and uh, have a five-minute promo about the next pay-per-view. And you can, you can rely maybe on Becky Lynch to do it, but maybe not on Naomi. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you have like a... Naomi is fine. <laughs> but I don't... I don't I just, you, you can't... You can't Guarantee that your 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 timetable is is uh, uh, held onto in, in in such a scenario. So I guess I get why they do it, but at the same time, with every comfort you buy from a production standpoint, you have you have the the product itself is uh, is made worse through it. You absolutely that is a that's a really really good point as well. I hundred percent agree with you. Uh, I think as fans, I get it. As fans, we don't look at it that way. We just look at it from an entertainment standpoint, as we should. I understand that. But you're right. From a production point of view, that is a huge issue. And I, I will say, I think I've said this before on what culture videos that I, I think we forget how difficult it is to run a live television show and run a business at the same time. So yeah. what you know what WWE it's hard, and that's why nobody does it anymore. You know when when do you have live television anymore? Yeah, no, Everything you're right. It's pre-taped. You're right. You're right. And I, I see. I, I have all the respect in the world for what WWE does. You know they're a global product. They travel the world, and more or less, other than this week, they run. They run. <laughs> they run quite smoothly. And you're right. If you sit down and watch Raw and SmackDown purely from a we'll call it a third party point of view, it's a very slick show. It runs to time. Uh, you know, you, you re apart from sort of like uh, mistakes in the ring, which is always going to happen. We're human beings, but you rarely see a production mistake. Okay, some people don't like the editing of Kevin Dunn, but that's a whole new argument entirely. But it it feels, you know, there's a theme running through both shows. You know, it's a WWE show. Even if you, you know, even if you took all the screen furniture off, you know, it's WWE. You know, they've got a very specific look, and they manage to do that as we know, 365 days a year. Blah 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 blah. So you're right. That that is a very underlooked. Um, underlooked uh, point of WWE. I guess the balance has to come in doing all of that while also touching on something that your current fan base wants, wants to watch. And I don't think they're, they're so bad at that. I think if you actually go through the year, they always hit on things that people do enjoy. You know, everyone liked the Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman stuff. I think Becky and Charlotte right now, regardless if they're meant to or not, you know, some of my favorite, uh, you know, my, my favorite stuff they're doing on TV. Um, and AJ Styles, you know, AJ Styles just became the 10th, 
Oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but basically he's in the top 10 list. He's number 10 for the longest reigning champions ever. And Hilar- did, he, did he hit the year uh, already? Like, uh, is it, is it, has it been a year? I think, it, I think it's been a year. Let me, let me get it okay. up. It was on WWE.com. I mean, the best thing about it is that number nine is, is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to do it. Like, I, think, I think he beats him. Oh, I pushed the wrong button. I think he beats him in about five or six days. And I don't think he's going to lose at Crown Jewel. I'd be absolutely no. stunned if he did. But that means he'll go ahead of... Uh, ahead of Hulk Hogan and that I understand it was a different time and you know and things like that but I just think the fact that AJ Styles the guy that wasn't even meant to be in WWE could held the WWE title for longer than for longer than Hulk that makes me so happy it just not, not, in a, not, not in a disparaging way against Hulk Hogan but just in a bizarre crazy uh, life kind of way yeah so the 10 longest reigning WWE champions of all time um, but this was oh, so of November 1st he's up to 359 days so his year will be some point next week uh, and Hulk Hogan is 364 days so basically in three days nice. AJ Styles will take that number eight is Macho Man Randy Savage he, Randy Savage he's only at 371 days so you've got to assume he'll overtake that John Cena's only 10 days more at 381 and obviously then there's a big jump to CM Punk at 434 now a lot of people are saying that's why AJ Styles has held it on to beat Punk I don't know 434 days is it, it, you know that's still a lot more days uh, unless he holds on to it at WrestleMania I don't know but I just thought that was, you know, again, going back to my original point, there is a lot of great stuff that WWE is doing. And while personally, yes, I would have liked Samoa Joe to have won at uh, the Super Showdown, it's irrelevant. Like, I get over that very quickly. It's just wrestling. So now knowing that AJ Styles has entered that list, I just think it's a wonderful story for uh, for wrestling fans. And when Survivor Series is uh, November 18th, right? Uh, yes, I believe it is. So if he he if he holds on to Survivor Series, he basically crushes all those records? Did he, I get this right? He does. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. I, I think, I think um, apart from CM Punk, he'll, he'll go into the number seventh position. I do want nice. to point out as well before people go, wait, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan has obviously two. He's in, he's in the list twice. But I'm talking about Hulk Hogan at number nine, not Hulk Hogan at number three. Before people, <laughs> before people get confused. But it still counts. It still counts. Uh, yeah, and I don't think, I, I honestly, now that I've just had that conversation and said it out loud, I don't think he's going to lose it to WrestleMania. I really don't. Like, I, I don't. I thought maybe Daniel Bryan could take it off him. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. Samoa Joe, I can't see winning at all. I don't know who he feuds without the back of all of this. But I can see him going all the way through to WrestleMania with the championship. I don't see why you give it. I mean, the end of the shows you think you probably give up is the Raw Rumble. Maybe they do do that. But I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, yeah but, but who, lose, who does he lose to? You know, uh, the only thing that, makes, that would make sense, but then again, we, we get back to storytelling and long-term storytelling, uh, would that... Maybe they insert insert the title in the Daniel Bryan the Miss feud that surely is coming up sometime around next year, maybe for WrestleMania. So maybe they feud for the title. I mean, I wouldn't say no. I mean, imagine I think I had a chat with someone the other day. Imagine two matches at WrestleMania 35 with the Miz versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title and Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the Universal title. That would I think nice. Yeah, well, exactly. I think fans like us would would do backflips over that, especially yeah. especially if the Miz was champion. I know people love the Miz these days, but it still piss a lot of people off, and I like that. I like it when wrestling does its job. You know, you give a bad guy uh, the belt, that should piss people off. That's the whole point. That's why you give it to a bad guy. Also, uh, I think that Daniel Bryan is old uh, Royal Rumble. Then, right <laughs> i mean 
<laughs> I, I, I think about that stage not now. Really, not really old, but for, for us as fans. I mean, no, yeah, <laughs> I, well, we wanted it for a while. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think we're ever going to get it. I, I, I've, I've long come to the conclusion that's just good. it's like Ted DiBiase never winning the world championship. It's just not going to happen. And it's something we'll talk about for years to come. But yeah, I mean, we just touched upon it there. Like WWE is doing, uh, you know, a, a lot of good stuff that I think fans like. There just seems to be... Yeah, I, I think sometimes the merging of the production with the uh, the entertainment maybe doesn't come across uh, as it should do. My interest is always how new fans come to it. Obviously, new fans at the moment, through a TV standpoint, aren't as high as they once were. But I, I, you know, I can't, I can't make that conclusion because I'm not a new fan. I couldn't be entrenched in it more if I tried. So. I, I don't know, because I think that's key, because I'll watch it regardless. I'm sure you will as well. We're just those people. We're in now. We're not going to be in. I don't know if somebody sits... I mean, apart from the three-hour time period, which is tough anyway, if somebody sits down to watch Raw, maybe they like the production. Maybe they think it's slick. Maybe it makes them want to watch it more. Or maybe they get to the end of it and go, well, not what really happened. I could have you know, I could have done with more. That's that's my the thing I can't really ever comment on. I don't... I don't know what I don't know if they are making new fans. I don't know if the current setup works. Like you know, it could be one of a thousand things. I don't. I don't think it works really because I sometimes watch with my friends who don't really watch wrestling, who has a, have like a fleeting acknowledgement of wrestling that it exists, and maybe know the Undertaker, and that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So yeah. true. And I sometimes sit down and watch like the big pay per views. I watched WrestleMania this year with a couple of friends that uh, didn't watch wrestling really, and they enjoyed it for the most part. It was a long show, and they, uh, you know, the same problem that you have. Like it's in in the night times, <laughs> we have to stay up really late, and some fell asleep. On the couch, but that's okay. And uh, <laughs> but I, I would never in a million years watch Raw or SmackDown with them, like in the same way, because for well, one, it's not a pay per view, it's not like a big thing. Uh, but then, and I, I tried it, and they were really bored with all. They have a, they they admired like the production quality and everything that we talked about, but they weren't invested in the three hours of Raw at all. Really? Is it because you know they didn't? Maybe they're just, uh, just assholes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need better friends. <laughs> but, well, no, but, I, I still think it counts, though, right? Clearly, something didn't engage them. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but uh, and I, I always like I one of my really, really biggest gripes with WWE today, and I know we chatted about this to like YouTube <laughs> commentary sections and everything is the commentary. I can't stand the current product commentary that they have, the commentary team, and uh, it gotten, it's gotten a bit better since Renee Young got on the team and Corey Graves man, uh, uh, has both shows and everything, but still, I, it's like, it, it, I, I always... I'm 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 tempted to turn it off to just watch the show without the commentary sometimes. Yeah, because no, it's it's. I mean, I can't argue with you, man. Like, uh, yeah. I know, if, if, and it's 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 like an old uh, old topic, and we don't have to get into it. But I just I I think they need to stop Vince or whoever is controlling the commentary from the back to just don't do that. Yeah, no, honestly, I can't I can't argue with that because it's not. I don't even have an opinion on it because I shut it out so much. Yeah. Like, and, I, and look, I tell you, man, I've said this a lot and people always go nuts. I like Byron Saxton. 
I think he's all right. <laughs> I know some people he's can't okay. stand him. I think he's okay. But the problem, Michael Cole is okay. As, as, as soon as you hear them, as, as you hear him in a, in a non-directed way, like back when uh, Jerry Lawler had his heart attack on air, he was great mm. managing the show afterwards. You know, and uh, but when he is sitting there and fe get, getting fed lines from the back and has to say, has to plug the network every two minutes and has to say, like. They don't concentrate on the matches that are happening, on the, on the fights themselves. They just are there to sell you stuff. Yeah. And that's, and that's just not commentary. That's another audio track uh, completely. No, you're <laughs> you know? right. You're right. Because I think especially, you know, when we were growing up, and I know it's cliche to say, but the reason I think Jim Ross is so well regarded these days, it's because he made the matches mean more. And I think that's especially true if you go back and watch things now. Like we all know the classic Hell in a Cell 98 commentary. I mean, that would have been amazing anyway, but JR took it over the top. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same with, I watched The Rock versus Hogan from WrestleMania 18 the other day as well. And that didn't need any commentary. You, know, you don't even need them to say anything, but that's what JR gets to. Like JR balances everything he does perfectly. And, and even Vince McMahon was great on commentary. He was. You're right, because he had that. We everything he did was weird, and that's what I <laughs> yeah. liked it so much. But, you know that that's what you need in the in a basically what I mean. If you boil it down, wrestling is like a variety show on a carnival, right? That's where the where it comes from, and that what it still is in my eyes. Because let's face it, it's weird. <laughs> you know. Oh no, <laughs> it, it is weird. Yeah. The only thing missing is the dancing poodles, and I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if they had it one day. <laughs> so, they definitely will. They definitely uh, will. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm giving them ideas. But and and I I don't think that you have to take it so, so seriously and present it as a as a real sport because everyone, maybe aside from the little kids in the audience, knows it isn't, and just run with it you know just make it weird just just make it as weird as you can get away with it I yeah guess. no i i'm with you as well i i, I want to point out as well i don't want to like, i understand how hard commentary is like i did commentary yeah, you, you for the, experienced yeah, it, right? <laughs> i did commentary for the first wcw show it was bad but i will say i also did commentary for the defiant show uh, last month that fight or flight i did color commentary and i thought I, i'm not saying i was amazing but i was quite proud of my performance i walked away okay i feel like i've you know i've covered that other demon up now and going to show that i can do this in the right environment so i understand that it, that it is really really hard but you know it's one of the first things you hear when you when you tune in so if it does sound a bit stilted it probably is going to turn a lot of people off and i totally agree with you about the silliness as well i don't like i i, look, I respect the hell out of somebody like jim Cornette. of course i do one of the best if not the best managers ever anytime he does anything on the mic or interviews he gets universal praise but i don't you know i i i, I get that you want wrestling to be portrayed as real to a certain extent okay but i still think you can pick and choose you just summed it up brilliantly there rob it's a variety show so yeah when the segment needs to be serious makes it serious but it's wrestling we have no boundaries as long as everybody involved is happy to do crazy stuff we could do crazy stuff right down to the moves all it has to take is two people to go yes i can do that and we can do that and i think taking that away would ruin what wrestling is i mean one of my I, I always say this and it's bizarre and it's not really but you know just for the sake of hyperbole one of my sweeping statements one of my favorite wrestling memories is when kofi kingston lost his jamaican accent <laughs> and triple h with great it was really good time and just went do you used to have an accent and that honestly i watch it makes me laugh it's really funny it puts the you know it gets spring in my step and it makes me go that's why i like resting now look is it dumb that they gave somebody you know a fake accent yes is it a little bit offensive probably but you know the way they got out of it and being so 
just so aware and so self-aware of what they'd done and what they had to do, it made me warm to the company. And you can't do that in anything else. You just can't. You don't be watching, uh, you know, EastEnders or, I don't know, whatever TV show. I can't think of one that's more popular than that. Stranger Things. You're not going to be watching Stranger Things and somebody looks down the camera and goes, yeah, I don't actually have an accent. But you can <laughs> get away with it in wrestling, and I don't know why. So I would embrace that even more. I never want that to go away. I think they're the reasons that I stick around as long as I do for those small, fleeting times when they go, ah, who cares? Like when they played musical chairs, right, on Raw. What was that about? But it was excellent because it was dumb. Presented right, it, it was it is funny because I, I don't think that WWE does funny very well a lot of times. Yeah. But if you have the right people with it, it, it can work. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the perfect example in, in recent memory is Braun Strowman, right? Because they kind of embraced the silliness of this monster character and had him like tip over ambulances and lift garbage trucks and live in a garbage truck for a week or something <laughs> like that, you know? and i think that that's like the silliness nowadays <laughs> and i remember when when we when we were watching wrestlemania with my friends they all heard of bronze Strowman, and they are, and i told him a little bit about it and it became a running joke that oh yeah there's bronze Strowman, and he will eat the ring you know <laughs> he will come out and just eat everybody and, that, and th that was like the silliness and it got over the character with my friends who never watch wrestling and so it can work if you if you do it right no it's true i mean the fact is entrance music is him screaming yeah. and, and then he comes out and screams some more i will say i thought the other day this should be being really harsh and even i think i'm an idiot for doing this but they have taken this get these hands things that's become that that became too produced like, he said it the other day and i was like that doesn't even make sense grammatically that is gibberish like not that it matters <laughs> but I, I sometimes i do feel like they jump onto those things too much i'd like them to back off uh, the, the reliance on catchphrases and their whole selling every catchphrase like the, the the thing they do with leo rush at the moment like the hype man you know every time every time he comes out with uh, uh, and and they they you can make a drinking game out of it like they call him the hype man five times <laughs> to five minutes of promo <laughs> and i'm sitting there and i get it i get what he's doing you don't have to spell it out for me your fans are not that stupid wwe and uh, it was a running joke like back uh, and you re you read squared circle right the subreddit yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a running joke a few years back when when uh, Michael Cole was had had his coal miner stick and this uh, <laughs> anonymous general manager thing and everything. You, you, you take everything that's developing naturally and that's maybe kind of cool and on the verge of being cool, like uh, Austin three sixteen was back then, and you have Michael Cole say it and it's instantly uncool. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. You you are right. I will say though, I, I agree with you. They do run those things into the ground, but just as an side as his name came up i couldn't be more impressed with leo rush if i tried i think leo rush oh, has yeah. taken this idea and this gimmick like he posted a i don't know if his instagram or twitter video is on squared circle where he was just eating chocolates while whispering lashley Lashley. <laughs> like this guy gets it this guy yeah. gets it and he's got that you know incredible twang to his voice it's one of those it's like a Shawn michaels voice right you're like that shouldn't come out of you you don't <laughs> look like you have that kind of voice uh but no, it's, I, it's, I think it's, it's the great. same as, it's the same as bad news barrel was back then you know you, you you just know that he has this talk with let's say vince mcmahon or maybe uh, triple h backstage and they will okay we want you to do this and he <laughs> maybe he looked at them and you want me to do what you want me to go out and cheer for bobby lashley like why yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and he just picks it up runs with it and gets it over 
this time as a heel, but Bad News Barrett was, I mean, he became a face eventually. And and he just looks like a million bucks and he looks like he has fun with it and, and knows what he's doing. And I think, I think that just translate to the, translates to the audience. You know what? That is such a, such a, 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 a appropriate point. That's not the word I was looking for. But when somebody is having fun and doing work you know they're enjoying that really does come across through the television and makes you like them more i think again going back to that kofi kingston triple h i think that's why i liked it so much because i could tell they were having fun uh, and it's definitely true with leo rush i think that's why i like elias i think elias gets a massive kick out of it. same with kevin owens kevin owens always i know he's supposed to be the heel but kevin owens always feels like he's having the best time ever and, and i think when, i think that's why i like back, him when when they were sitting like elias and kevin owens when they were sitting was it I, don't, I forget the tone. Was it Seattle? When they were sitting there, like the, those those five minutes of heat they got oh, from mentioning the like from little kids. The football team. That yeah. oh, was it football. I don't know. I forget. It's American sports. Sorry. <laughs> 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 that that the city lost, and I, I would have cracked up so much in that ring. I uh, all the power to them for not for not just grinning for five minutes. I was awesome. You, you could see those small cracks in their face, though, that that yeah. wry smile, and that it makes it feel like we're all in this together. And yeah. I don't, I don't, I think, I think that maybe that's, there we go. I'm going to change what I said earlier. That's my problem with the production sometimes is too produced and we lose, not even, I don't even mind the scripted promos, but we lose moments like this because we're staying too far away from it because moments like that are what make me love it the most. And even, and that goes, you know, to the extreme as well. You know, when Mick Foley does get chucked off the hell in the cell, you're there with him because it's so audacious and it's so over the top and it feels, if even, look, I don't, I've heard thousands of stories about how it wasn't planned. It was planned, whatever. But that's not the point. The point was it felt like it had just happened from nowhere. And, you know, that if you didn't experience it live with everybody else, you were missing out. Like, and I, you know, maybe and it, uh, this is going to sound terrible, but I don't mean it. But that's also why, like when Edge retired or Daniel Bryan retired or even recently with the Roman Reigns stuff, that's why that stuff feels so real. Because it almost like we all come together to, you know, understand somebody's pain and heartache. And unfortunately, you know, this, look at Shakespeare, right? He wrote, he wrote tragedies because unfortunately tragedy is something that we can all understand you know it's much it's much easier to tell a tragedy than it is a comedy again we've said that though it doesn't do it very well was a tragic story usually hits most people's heartstrings i'm not saying i want wrestling to be sad all the time but i'm saying i want them to tap into that feeling a bit more because i think that's why i love wrestling so much sure i mean it has absolutely has its place i'm i would prefer to be fake you know i wouldn't i don't i don't need sad stories that are true in my in my wrestling yeah that's true yeah to, no, yeah, that's to, true, to yeah. ground me but i i know what you I, I know what you're saying but and then you have like if they try and produce it like the maybe a bad example but the the I don't know what it even was, the argument between uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey when they uh, went to the counseling. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if that was supposed to be said or what we meant, what we were meant to feel other than cringe. <laughs> we're watching it. But you know what I mean? If they, if they try too much, like they do often and like always, then they fail. But if they just let it happen organically and trust in their performers and their talent that they clearly have, I mean, the roster is so stacked and so great, uh, then they just, they just need to give them a little bit room to breathe and not overproduce like a counseling session between two yeah, competitors that, that don't get along for a minute. 
It's like it's so ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> the, the, be, the best tweet I saw about all of that was after the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose stuff. Somebody somebody tweeted going, "Does this mean Baron Corbin's going to send them to anger management?" I was like, "So true." By yeah. the, by by what we've been told, they should go to anger management next week. So and on and on the other hand, we got like a few years back, we got Team Hell No out of a similar yeah, thing, yeah. you know. And I don't know why it works sometimes and why it doesn't. But yeah, I mean, maybe Daniel Bryan can do no wrong. Maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe he can do whatever he wants. Maybe people like him. Maybe that's it, dude. Like, maybe that's it. Maybe and the whole Sasha Banks Bailey thing, as anybody knows, that I watched. Uh, and they didn't follow up it. Ah, uh, yeah, it's just that was just bad. That was just yeah. bad. It was just bad. It really was. And I get it. I, 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 I kind of worked out now that they're back together, so they can become the Terz Tag Team Champions, and that's great. I'll really enjoy it. But what a convoluted way to get there. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, one last thing I do want to talk about quickly before we wrap this up is uh, I know you said you know you're more of a WWE guy, but I just want to get your in you know your impressions on who you think this could be. In this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer did come out and say that some WWE wrestlers have not only got offers from New Japan, but apparently one person who was in WWE that would be considered a top star was offered way more money for less dates. Much like they're doing with, with Chris Jericho, I guess. And I can't, for the life of me, think who that would be. I mean, I assume it would be Daniel Bryan or maybe AJ Styles. But I just wanted to get your take on that, man. I mean, if New Japan's offering crazy money, well, two things. If New Japan's offering crazy money to WWE guys, top WWE guys, who do you think that could be? I guess Nakamura could be another one. Also, though, you know, because we always talk about, oh, are the, are the Bullet Club going to WWE? Is this guy going to WWE? Do you actually think we could see someone go the other way? Do you think you could see a big WWE guy leave that, you know, which is a very, very nice place to work, it would seem, at least from a, a financial standpoint, to go somewhere like New Japan? Um, yeah, why not? I mean, the first name that comes to my mind, I, I didn't hear about anything, so that's completely new to me, what you just said. Um, the first name that comes to my mind, if you say that, is Finn Balor, obviously, because... I no, mean, of course! I didn't even think about Finn Balor. He's going nowhere. <laughs> no, why he's not, not. Why not switch over, you know? I didn't even think about that. I to how about, you know why I forgot about Finn Balor? Because WWE's made me forget about Finn Balor. Yeah, because we don't care about him. And we are told to not care about him because he doesn't do anything. <laughs> That's so good. Maybe it is Finn Balor. Do you know what? If it is Finn Balor, I'd like him to go. Finn Balor... And then take Gallows and Anderson with him, reform the club or the Bullet Club. <laughs> Why not, right? Why the hell not, my friend? Oh, man, yeah. that'd be really, really good. What? If, if the OG Bullet Club is, is going to WWE, but I don't think they are, but uh, they, they are rather make their own promotion, I guess. But uh, then New Japan is lacking like this faction, you know? Yeah, no, dude, it's, it's such a good point, especially if, you know, all these rumors about Cody Rhodes and all that starting their own promotion are true. Who knows? Dude, very good shout, my friend. See, look, I knew I was right to bring it up with you. I knew, <laughs> I knew you'd have a good idea. Um, can, I, can, I, can I ask you something? Or are we out of time? No, no, no we've always got more time, man. Don't worry okay. about that. Uh, because uh, we, we touched on some points that all amount to some kind of storytelling, which is our framework for this podcast, I guess. Uh, uh, I wanted to ask you if in your training to becoming a wrestler and on your road to to becoming a wrestler like do, did you have any I, I guess in-ring storytelling training you know what I mean like did you have anything anybody tell you how to how to portray a story during a match because for me like I get promos and I get the announcing team and all the parts that come together to tell a, a story for the product but for me one of the hardest things is telling a story in the ring and I can't for the life of me imagine how I would even start to do that you know like uh, the the psychology if you if you look back on on Gargano versus Champa in NXT like the great matches they had to to conclude their feud and it was like psychologically 
one of the best storytelling matches I ever saw in, in WWE, like the modern WWE. Yeah, no, so I agree, man. Did you have any any kind of maybe maybe training is, is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. some some advice? Yeah, well I did. I mean the, uh, I was lucky. I think I've just got I, I just had really good trainers from start to finish. But well I shouldn't say finish. Start to this point <laughs> when I had to take yeah. an extended break. <laughs> but yeah, they come back on the Royal Rumble at number. Damn 30. right, man. Damn right. <laughs> I'm just gonna do Royal Rumbles my entire life. But um yeah, that's uh that's one of the best things that I've always had is that you'll you know you'll have a trainee match where you put things together and somebody and it could you know one of many people will actually sit there and go well why did you do this because that doesn't make sense and that's when you really start me especially you start to understand this sort of where the real art and the real skill and you know ring psychology comes in pro wrestling because you will do something I remember I can't remember it was now but I did a sequence of moves and I put a pin. Somewhere in those sequence of moves, I, 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 unfortunately, my you know I can't remember. My memory's not great with this. But my trainer, who was the David Francesco at the time, and you should absolutely everyone should go take out David Francesco. He's the best. He's so good. But he, he said to me, "Why did you put the pin there?" And I explained to him, and he came up with this incredible reason as to why it was absolutely ridiculous that I put that pin there and then gone on to do what I did because it didn't make sense from X, Y, and Z. And he was so right. And that was kind of one of these eye-opening moments for me, where I was like, "Man, he's so true. That makes no sense." You know, if I was a fan watching and I'm trying to believe wrestling is quote unquote real, that's not what I do in a real fight. I'm just doing that. Yeah, as they say, I'm just trying to get my shit in. You know that classic that classic phrase. So yeah, mm. the, you know, and I think that's the most intimidating part of wrestling is that you can learn all the moves, but it's putting them together. I sound like a cliche now, but it's still it's true. It's putting them together that becomes really tough. And so yeah, they they do try and instill this thought process into you or this intelligence into you where don't just do moves for the sake of it have a think about what you're doing try and think how the audience is going to see it well another great bit of advice i was told i mean it doesn't really tie into this but it, it ties into the overarching theme when it comes to blood you know it, sometimes it actually i don't think this was david this was somebody else but when it comes to blood it's like a really interesting thing in 2018 because if you cut your own forehead as we used to do in pro wrestling that half the fans who are your smart fans won't believe you've cut your forehead anyway because nobody does that anymore. And the other half, who are the more casual fans, well, they're going to believe whatever you show them. So they're going to think that it's real blood. So if your smart fans are going to believe it's not real blood regardless, and the other half are going to go with you in whatever journey, why not use fake blood? Because you're never going to win over the, the smart people because they're always going to be cynical. And the casual fans, even if you use a blood capsule, will still think, well, it must be real blood. Now, it doesn't tie into the specific thing that you asked, but I think it does tie into the grander thing about how you always need to think about your audience and you always need to remember that you're telling a story for them. And it's how you get to those certain tent poles that matters. And yeah, that's when, when all that started to rush through my brain, I was like, oh man, wrestling's really hard. <laughs> wrestling's like the <laughs> toughest thing ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, they do. I mean, I, I, I've had really good training right down to you know, what the moves are, how you put them together, how to execute them safely, how to do promos, and how to tell a story in the ring, and how to tell a story in the ring as either a face or a heel. That was the other thing, is um, you, you quickly forget how much how, how difficult it is to, to do all of that and how to sell differently or how to attack differently uh, and it, it really is a, a a chamber of of, of craziness it is old wrestling but it's fantastic and it got in my head it's fantastic that's david phrase but it's it got in my head it will i don't think it ever leave my head which is why i'm so desperate to get back to it but yeah it is it is incredibly hard 
which I guess why sometimes is that WWE run through the motions because they don't have the time to actually sit down with an agent and say, well, what did we do last week and what should we do next week and what did everybody else do on the show? Because as we've talked about, it's produced. We've got to get through the three-hour time limit and then we've got to go on to the next show. Yeah, true. Maybe that's why they rely on their one formula there. Yeah. <laughs> for like every match. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe. And uh, maybe. But yeah, it, is, it was one of my favorite things when I started to learn about how difficult it is to piece all this stuff together. It became like a puzzle, right? And as soon as it, I, I, that's how I work. If someone gives me a puzzle, I want to figure out how to sort the puzzle out. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. I know. But, Thank you, you man. If you, if you mentioned, like, give me one minute more. Uh, you mentioned audience reaction, right, in, in, your, in your little uh, story there. And I have to uh, complain to you about, actually, because you <laughs> personally ruined the 2K video games for me, the, the WWE games. Uh, because I don't what know I if do? you remember, but <laughs> back when you uh, were working at Video Gamer and you were making the Video Gamer podcast, <laughs> I listened to those. And oh, you thank you, brought, brought up an idea back then that the perfect wrestling game for you would be not the kind of games we have today, like where they simulate fighting, but uh, where, the, where you can put a match together and you, you have to rile up the audience. Like, you, you remember what I'm talking about? I do, man. I still yeah. stand by that. I think all wrestling games should be... I know, I know. And I heard that and I've thought about it and I was like, yeah, that would be the perfect wrestling <laughs> game and I can't play the 2K games because they're not like that. <laughs> so, no, thank, you for, thank you for ruining the game series for me. That's all right, man. I like to ruin things for people. It's way up <laughs> high on my list of priority. But no, dude, I still... Why wrestling games aren't co-op, I'll never understand because that's what yeah. wrestling is. Wrestling is a co-op experience. Of course, you're trying to get yourself over, but you can't do it with your partner so i'm still flabbergasted that in 2018 somebody hasn't gone well why don't we just make a game when it's not about winning or losing it's about putting on a show because that would be fun right like when you pull up big moves in wrestling games you still get that same oh ah. but yeah they've never done it and that was a long time ago now man and they still haven't done it so yeah, uh, it would uh, be perfect uh, it but would I, be. I think that that would be breaking kayfabe too much for, even for wwe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're that is the problem right as soon as you do that maybe you've opened the door too far yeah, <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Well, oh, thank you for listening to me all the way back there, man. I appreciate no it even worries. more. They're lovely. Look at that. It was a long. Oh my gosh, that was a younger Simon Miller. Uh, le <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a less broken Simon Miller. But I'll be back. I'll be back. I've, um, you know, I, I will return to that wrestling ring one way or another. Even if I explode on impact, I'll still go back. Looking forward to it. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, dude, right, honestly, man, this has been an absolutely fantastic chat. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, A, for supporting me in the first place, but also for just, I, well, that hour flew by. So thank you so much, dude. Yeah, thank you for having me on. All right, so is there anything else you want Maybe. to promote? Twitter, Instagram? It doesn't matter if not, but I always like to give people the opportunity to do so. No, everything I have on social media is like strange German stuff that you <laughs> wouldn't understand anyway. So. And I'm go. sorry I'm sorry for the error of strange English-German-English mixture. For ah, no, don't apologize for that, man. It makes it more interesting. It's like, uh, I like it. The best thing, I always say this, but the best thing about all patrons is everyone's got a different story. Everyone's got a different life, accent, whatever. I love that, man. It makes you unique. It makes you stand out. So that's all good. Yep. Don't have to worry about that. Uh, cool. well, dude, thank you so much. That was really, really good chat. And again, uh, if you'd like to come on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, you can. Head on over to patreon.com for the Simon of 316. All the information is on the page. And I will do this until I can no longer do it anymore because I just think it's a fantastic way to just learn about the wrestling community and how other people see this wonderful sport we watch uh, all week. Uh, again, youtube.com forward slash Miller Report Rules is my YouTube channel. On Instagram and Twitter at Simon Miller 316. Give us five stars on iTunes if you're up there. Why not? Share it with your friends. Go. 
throw it around the internet. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, remember, if you've been confused and you missed it, Crown Jewel's happening pretty much now. Uh, we're recording this beforehand. And let me know what you think. We'll talk about Crown Jewel, Crown Jewel next week. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. And I will talk to you again soon. 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 Talk to